The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday. It's presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yeah, you heard me. Just use the code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Yes, that is this week's big announcement. We'll talk more about it on the other shows this week, as well as Ross Tucker Football Podcast next week. But very, very happy to be a DraftKings guy. And like I said, we'll discuss it uh, a little bit more in depth on some of the other shows later in the week. And of course, moving forward on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday. We have Albert Breer, who, you know, I read a lot when it comes to the NFL. I mean, a lot, a lot. And I read everything Albert Breer writes. I read everything Peter King writes. I read a lot of pro football talk. A lot of a lot of stuff. Albert Breer Nobody is more on top of the rule changes that went down last Thursday than Albert, which is why he's the perfect guy to have on today. You guys are the perfect guys and gals to be listening because you're my peeps. You're my tuckheads that spread the word via social media. At Ross Tucker NFL is my personal Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you're on any of those platforms, Please follow. And then we changed the handle recently of all of our podcasts. At RTF Podcast was kind of like RTF Podcast. Like, what is that? At Ross Tucker Pod. Anything we post, it's a Ross Tucker Pod. It's an RT Media Pod. It's a Ross Tucker Pod. So at Ross Tucker Pod is now our Twitter and Instagram handle. And wow, intern Casey is doing unbelievable. Hopefully you guys are checking out what she's doing on Twitter and Instagram. As a reminder, by the way, all you have to do is retweet or like anything we post on social media and you're automatically eligible to win a signed picture, signed card. I'll send it to you. Maybe do it for yourself for Father's Day. Maybe do it for somebody else for Father's Day. Whatever you think. I don't, hey, whatever. Uh, we, are, we are equal opportunity in that respect. We'll also have a sponsor confirmation email winner. Maybe it's some of you. 
that go ahead and get the DraftKings app on your phone. It's that easy, whether it's Sportsbook or DFS or any of the sponsors that we have on either the Sponsors tab or the homepage at RossTucker.com. Told you before, I'm an open book. You can ask me any question you want. Ross, how was your junior prom? Ross, what happened uh, the night after you graduated? Man, look, I'm, I'm open book, right? I mean, at this point, we've been together long enough. I'll just tell you. What do I care? So anyway, hit me up with any questions you've ever been curious about. Ross at RossTucker.com. And if you do it after you take advantage of a sponsor, I guarantee that I read and respond to it here on the show. Always love talking rules. Always love talking with Albert Breer. The Big Show. So I mentioned this on Friday that I wanted to do a deep dive into the rule changes. And nobody, and I mean nobody, has been on top of this like my guy Albert Breer from the MMQB. Check him out on Twitter, at Albert Breer. He's almost 500,000 followers because they, like me, want the information. I mean, Albert, you were on fire last week. First of all, I don't know how much MMQB is paying you, but you wrote like 20 stories last week. I mean, you wrote a million stories. (laughs) Like, I don't know how you do Monday morning quarterback, and then you do Monday afternoon quarterback, and then you do... Monday, Tuesday morning quarterback and Tuesday afternoon, unbelievable. You had all the sky judge stuff. So why don't we start there? Because it seemed like you had the most insight of anyone into how it sounded like everybody was kind of on board with the sky judge thing. Then they throw it out. Then they kind of have this like weak sky judge thing that they're going to try for the preseason. It, it, It feels like it's a mess. Yeah, and, you know, I, I can understand why it seems that way, but I, I think for a lot of the coaches, it's on track. And I, I mean, I, I think the one thing you have to sort of kind of keep keep in mind um, this. I, I think the guiding principle for them on all this is like it makes no sense that me and you and everybody else sitting at home has eight, ten, twelve. You know, if it's the playoffs, twenty, twenty-five different angles and crystal clear HD for every single game. And we get to see everything slowed down, sped up all of that. Right. And the guy who's officiating the game has no access to any of it. It just, it didn't make sense to the coaches. It shouldn't make sense to any of us. And, you know, obviously that NFC title game, uh, the Saints Rams game in January of 2019 was a tipping point. You obviously had the institution of the sky judge and the AAF about a month after that. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, from there, the coaches sort of took it upon themselves. We're going to get this thing done. We're going to get this amended. This isn't right that things are going this way. And so the coaches subcommittee basically appointed John Harbaugh, put him in charge of it, um, had Jason Garrett working with him, you know, after Jason got fired in Dallas, they put Anthony Lynn in that spot. And then Andy Reed, who's the chair of the coaches subcommittee, uh, you know, Andy sort of has been involved step for step with Harbaugh on this in working to find a, a solution. And so they, they, they actually met, the 32 coaches did at the owners' meetings in 19 and voted a plan through 32 to nothing. Coaches don't agree on anything. 32 to nothing, they voted it through. Uh, they brought it to the owners, and the owners basically made a compromise with them to put in the PI rule. Um, during that meeting, Jeffrey Lurie stood up in support of the coaches. Jason Garrett stood up 
and you know gave a passionate speech about getting it right and doing everything they can to get the calls right. Um, and so, you know, they go forward with the PI review thing, that thing, that obviously didn't work, but the coaches really did view that as a step towards the sky judge. And after the PI review thing, I can tell you, Ozzie Newsom said to some of these coaches, this thing is dead on arrival. You know, you guys have no shot at it, but quietly Troy Vincent had been working with the coaches on this. And so, uh, fast forward to the combine and, um, you know, they, the coaches had come up with a plan that really gave the power back to the head referee there. The sky judge would be in essence reporting to the head referee, no power to stop the game, um, no power to overrule calls, but he would have access to all of the broadcasts and he'd have the view from up top and he'd have communication for the first 15 seconds of the play clock with the head referee. Um, and he'd be available to the head referee whenever the head referee wanted to call up to him. Um, this plan made sense for everybody. Um, you know, they brought Walt Anderson in. Walt Anderson had been an official for 24 years, addressed the room. The, the coaches asked him, what do you want? He basically put it simple. He said, I don't want to be on Sports Center on Monday morning. They get this plan together. They, they've swung basically everybody. You know, and then, you know, really it sort of came down to, you know, who the eighth official was, who the, who the booth umpire was going to be. And that was the last piece of it. And so they've had to compromise on that again. And, you know, the, I don't think the owners really wanted to hire an eighth official at this point, um, pay an eighth official without going through this and seeing what it looks like. And so the compromise for 2020 has been the preseason test where, you know, Walt Anderson had convinced the coaches these replay officials are okay. We'll replace a few of them out. We'll get some new guys in and let's go forward with those guys as the booth umpires in the preseason, limit their power to some degree, see how it works. If it works in preseason, it'll They'll, they'll use it in the regular season. And then if it works in the regular season, then I think we see a more full-blown version of Sky Judge in 2021. Now, I'm sorry okay, I'm so, so long-winded on that. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was exactly what I'm looking for. So then there's two questions, I think, that arise yeah. from, from that in my mind. Number one, weren't they kind of already doing this? I mean, I'm on the sideline for games, Albert, and I see where sometimes the officials will gather in a huddle, but I can tell the head referees talking to somebody like they, they kind of were already doing this on some level, yeah. right? This is more yeah. or less formalizing it a little bit. That's right. I'll give you a great example. Okay. Um, now you, you remember the hit, the, the, the Earl Thomas hit on, um, on Mason Rudolph last year, right? Yes. Okay, so if you go back and you watch the broadcast, anybody can pull this up on your Game Pass, right? Go back and watch the broadcast. Watch when they cut to commercial, right? They, they, Mason Rudolph's on the ground. They cut to commercial. There's no flag on the ground. And then they come back from commercial, and boom, there's a flag on the ground. Well, if you actually were in the stadium, um, what actually wound up happening, was about 35 or 40 seconds after the play was called dead, Mason Rudolph's lying there. Um, the, 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 the flag goes, the, the, the ref drops the flag. Um, Harbaugh goes over to the ref and says, well, where did that come from? Like, how come you just dropped the flag? And the ref says, well, they called down from the booth. It was an obvious call. And Harbaugh basically looked at him and he said, oh, you mean like a sky judge? So, like, yeah, I mean, to some degree this has been used. And yeah, I think to, I, and for the most part, this formalizes that. And 
again, it's a common sense thing, Ross, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not like, you know, I, I think what the, what everybody was sensitive about was like, is this going to be kind of an adversary to the referee? You know, is this going to be an adversary to the crew? Is this guy going to be like a henchman of New York? And that's not what the coaches wanted. It's certainly not what the referees wanted. And so, you know, being able to formalize that sort of extra set of eyes and make sure that every game has that was paramount to the coaches. And so, uh, you know, I think one of the more powerful moments in all of this, um, you know, I, I know it's somewhere along the line, Andy Reed actually brought up a play that went in his favor, you know, and, and if you go back and you look in December, the Patriots beat or the chiefs beat the Patriots in Foxborough and Nikhil Harry was called out of bounds um, and should have scored a touchdown. And Andy Reid brought that up. Like, that's a very simple call that could have been changed. And under the, 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 the preseason test, they would have caught that, you know. And so um, there are certainly, I think, some, you know, there, there are certainly some situations here where, uh, you know, I think that there are easy ways to take care of, of, of obvious calls, which is the intention. And you're right. It has been used in the past, um, you know, quietly. I, I, so I think that we're going to see – um, yeah, I think I think that's the smart thing to do. Again, is what these coaches want, which is to formalize it, and make sure every game has the benefit of that. But then the other question that comes from it, Albert, is sort of like the limitations, and the whole conversation came up because of the Nikel Roby Coleman play. You referenced it, January 2019 NFC Championship game, but they're still not able to fix that. So it's like. The, right. the, the the impetus for it has still not been solved. Well, but the, that's the thing is, is that this is going to be, you know, a crawl before you can walk situation, I think, you know, and that, you know, obviously I think there was a feeling um, with the PI thing that maybe everything kind of happened too fast. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that really like the idea here is to just first show the owners that the communication can work and that it can be smooth and that there won't be too many hiccups and anything that, 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 that any problem that is presented, they can work through it. So they need to prove that part of it first, you know, and then I think you start to expand out from there. And so, you know, I think the easy thing to do was to sort of narrow, like keep the scope fairly narrow and make sure that it works as it is. Um, and then kind of go from there and look like I, I, my feeling on it too, Ross, you know, and, and John said this to me like flat out, like this isn't about like taking care of every call that's gray, you know, this isn't about overturning a 55, 45 call. This is about a, wow. Like we really missed that one type of situation. And that's where I think the 15 second window comes into play. Like, you know, like I think any, I think they would have caught the Saints play, the Saints Rams play. I think they would have caught that within 15 seconds. Um, and there are other plays that are less obvious where you know you're going to have to let it go because that clock's going to run out. So, um, you know, I, I think to begin with, the idea is let's see if we can take care of some of these and test the communication, and then if that works, we can continue to grow it from there. I wanted to get into also the onside kick. It seemed like there was momentum. It seemed like there was some excitement. And then uh, you reported that it was a 16-16 vote, which isn't really yeah. that close to getting the 24 needed to pass. 
Yeah, I will say this. They did make progress because I think that that vote, I think there were only eight or nine teams for this idea last year. Um, so, you know, and you know how this works too. Like they're going to quote unquote table these things um, when, you know, like they know, like, all right, we voted on it. It didn't get through. They, they essentially vote twice in these things where it's like they vote and then it's like if it passes, they vote again formally. And then if it doesn't get if it doesn't get passed and they just table it. So that's sort of how this whole thing played out. Like it's 16 to 16. So they need to find eight more teams. I think one of the things that's sort of interesting about this to me, Ross. So because these um, so because the, 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 the of the situation we're all in across the country now, obviously, these meetings are being held in a different way. And these rules changes would normally come up at the annual meeting. Now, you've been to the annual meeting. That's every head coach in the league is there. Every general manager in the league is there. And they have these big, huge meetings where head coaches, general managers, football people can get their two cents in. Well, you know, because of, you know, the circumstances, uh, you know, the football people really haven't been a part of these meetings. I mean, it's not like they haven't communicated with the owners, but they don't have the forum that they normally would to either advocate or fight against these rules. And so I think with any sort of massive sea change, and this would be a, a pretty massive change to the game, um, it was going to be difficult. To, it was going to be difficult for almost anything to get through. Um, you know, so, you know, I think with some of the tweaks, like that's one of the reasons why the sky judge was like, again, that kind of crawl before you walk principle. And, um, you know, you have certain tweaks, like making the IR rule, loosening up the IR rules a little bit. Um, with bigger changes, I think it was always going to be harder to get it through because you weren't going to be able to have that sort of robust discussion in the room with with the football people. And so, um, I think you know most a lot of a lot of a lot of owners look at this as a little gimmicky and maybe a little over the top. And you know, without having football people in the room to really fight for it, and I do know that there were some football people that were actually against it. Uh, but without having those football people in the room to fight for it, I, I think this thing was you know, always facing an uphill climb. You mentioned um, IR, and you can now bring three guys back from IR instead of just two. I guess the one thing that jumped out to me, and maybe this will happen later, is do you think that they'll have some type of coronavirus list or some type of something, Albert, where if a team has a couple guys that get it or, I don't know, four or five that get it, whatever, where they can put them on a list and still have a, a full game yeah. day roster without having to have all of the inactives and everything else all be coronavirus guy. Uh, do you think something like that yeah. is going to happen? Cause I, I kind of thought that they might come up with that last week. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. I, I won't say this though. I mean, I think, and I, I, I think that that the, 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 there probably will be something like that that they're going to have to address. They, the, the owners have been so laser focused on sending the right message to the public, and they've been so worried about their forward-facing message and sending a positive message to their sponsors, their advertisers, um, you know, the, the, their partners. That I, I don't think that they're like I just I, I think there's a there's a big push against um, really getting contingency plans out there in the public, and so whatever they're discussing, they're working really really hard to keep it under wraps. And, um, you know, I think the best example of that is the Dolphins um, situation a couple weeks ago. I think it was two, three weeks ago um, that Tom Garfinkel, the Dolphins president, went on Good Morning America 
and unveiled these plans for what they were going to do at Hard Rock Stadium. And I thought it was genius, but the way they were doing it, the temperature checks, it was clear they did a lot of work on, on how they were going to handle this, you know, a very, very smart plan. And, you know, I think if you're a Dolphins fan, you probably watch that and it's like, wow, these guys are really trying to take care of us. Um, but there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of blowback that the Dolphins got for that. And it's no mistake that the, the memo went out a couple of days later um, you're warning teams not to speak in hypotheticals about anything. And so the league office has been really, really focused on trying to make sure that everybody stays on message here um, because of the effect that it could have on the business of the game. And so that's why I think you're probably hearing a little bit less about some of the contingency plans that are being worked on at the highest level. Um, but I'm with you on the coronavirus thing. Like they have to do something. And I don't know whether it's a special coronavirus list uh, I certainly think like practice squads are probably going to be more important this year than they ever have been before for this reason. Um, you know, I don't know whether it will be through expanded rosters, expanded practice squads, but it does seem like, you know, if they are going to put in protocols that are going to require quarantining, that there will be have there, there will have to be some special allowances made. So you don't have to worry about, you know, different teams being able to feel the full roster on Sundays. His name is Albert Breer. You got to check him out on Twitter at Albert Breer. You got to read his stuff, all of it, but especially Monday mornings, Monday morning quarterback. It is so good, chock full information. I read it every week. Sometimes it takes me a day or two uh, by the time I get through <laughs> each segment, whether it's Sean Payton or uh, the Brady Nine new. Uh, a thing that's coming out. Um, this is all the stuff that you had last week, Albert. So encourage people to, to check him out every week. Thank you so much, Albert. Awesome. Thanks for us. Albert would fit in great as a tuckhead on our private Slack channel. By the way, I got to tell you, I can almost not even keep up anymore with all of the different chats going on on our private Slack channel for the patrons. You guys are absolutely on fire, whether it's food or daddy sodas or the different shows or current events. Really, really impressive. Hopefully, we keep getting more and more patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media. We will be having another virtual happy hour this month in the month of June. So, hopefully, more of you sign up ahead of that. I love having a daddy soda with you guys, the listeners, on a random Tuesday night or Wednesday night or whatever it might be. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Miami Dolphins' Brian Flores issues a strong statement regarding the George Floyd murders. Yeah, this was the statement, Bri, uh, and I quote, I've had the privilege of being a part of many different circles that have included some very powerful and influential people of all different races and genders. The events of the last few weeks have brought some of the memories of those conversations back to light. I vividly remember the Colin Kaepernick conversations. Quote, don't ever disrespect the flag was the phrase that I heard over and over again. The idea that players were kneeling in support of social justice was something some people couldn't wrap their head around. The outrage that I saw in the media and the anger I felt in some of my own private conversations caused me to sever a few long-standing friendships. Most recently, I've had conversations about incentivizing teams for hiring minorities. 
Again, there was some outrage in the media and talks that this would cause division amongst coaches, executives, and ownership. I bring these situations up because I haven't seen the same outrage from people of influence when the conversation turns to Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and most recently George Floyd. Many people who broadcast their opinions on kneeling or on the hiring of minorities don't seem to have an opinion on the recent murders of these young black men and women. I think many of them quietly say that watching George Floyd plead for help is one of the more horrible things they have seen, but it's said amongst themselves where no one can hear. Broadcasting that opinion is clearly not important enough. I lead a group of young men who have the potential to make a real impact in this world. My message to them and anyone else who wants to listen is that honesty, transparency, and empathy go a long way in bringing people together and making change. I hope that the tragedies of the last few weeks will open our hearts and minds to a better way of communicating and hopefully create that change. So I guess I have three thoughts based on the Brian Flores statement. The first thing I would tell you is I know Brian. He was a scout for the Patriots when I was there. And in fact, after it got out that he was going to be the Dolphins head coach, I talked to him, had a pretty decent conversation with him at the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Atlanta when the Patriots were playing the Rams. I saw him having breakfast and I walked in and, and talked to him a little bit, congratulated him, etc. Um, the first thing I would say specifically about his statement, and again, these are all just my opinions, my thoughts, take them for whatever they're worth. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with him putting the deaths of Arbery, Taylor, and Floyd and combining them with Colin Kaepernick and minority hiring because I guess I'll just use me for an example, right? This is the Ross Tucker football podcast. And so if it's a football issue... Colin Kaepernick, you know, not getting signed, whatever, uh, minority hiring, whatever, then I'm going to address it on this show and in other media platforms because that's a sports topic. If it's what's going on in the United States right now, I don't know what the answer is. You know, on the one hand, I know that there are a lot of outlets and a lot of places where you guys can listen and read and, and get information and opinions about what's happening right now in the United States. My thought process has always been that the nature of podcasting is such that it's on-demand audio and you get to listen to what you want when you want it. And if you listen to me, it's because you want to listen to a former player giving you his football insight and, and maybe having a little fun along the way. Right. And so I take that role seriously and I get a lot of emails that uh, appreciate what I do in that regard. So those of you that appreciate that, I totally understand that. 
I think there's probably another segment, and you guys would have to tell me. I really don't know the answer here. There's probably another segment of you that really, because you listen to me so much, you feel like you know me, and you feel like you want to hear what I have to say about a topic like what's going on with the protests and George Floyd. You want to hear what I have to say, and and perhaps you'd be disappointed if I didn't say what I had to say. So two thoughts there are, number one, love Brian Flores. I think he's a tremendous example of a minority hire that went well. I think he's going to be a tremendous coach. I think he's going to have like a Mike Tomlin-esque career for the Miami Dolphins. That's really high praise, right? I think Flores is tremendous. But I don't agree with him saying, well, why are all these people speaking up about Kaepernick and minority hiring, but they're not speaking up about this? What I would say is, well, Brian, because I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a football analyst, so if it has to do with NFL or football, I talk about it. If it doesn't, I typically don't. There's a lot of current events and news and polit- political stuff, which, by the way, I don't believe the George Floyd thing is, but political stuff that I don't ever get into because I believe you guys are looking for a reprieve. So... That's that's kind of my general take on it, um, on, on the, the Flores statement. In fact, I don't know if I would be addressing the issue at all if Flores hadn't made that statement. But Flores made the statement, and so that makes it sort of more of a football topic that I would address. But you guys have to tell me, whether it's emails or social media, how many of you come to this podcast or the other ones as a, for a complete reprieve from everything else going on, or how many of you want me to voice my opinion. As for that opinion, what I don't really understand is there is no other opinion, right? Like what happened to George Floyd in particular and everyone else, every other similar circumstance, it's totally unacceptable. There cannot be a rational human being on the planet that has any other opinion. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get into it, Bri. Everybody's releasing these statements, you know, denouncing it. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, to me, I wonder how many of those people are putting those statements out because they think it's the right thing to do or because someone told them they should do it. Um, and maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe just the fact they're doing it all, doing it at all is still awesome and is still great. I guess I would just say, you know, these are statements. If you felt that strongly about it, that could have come out a year ago or two years ago or three years ago or whatever. I will say this. What happened to George Floyd is unacceptable. And as you know, I have a great affinity for our armed forces and for law enforcement. And actually that affinity for those people that protect us and help us makes me even angrier when there are bad apples that are either consciously or subconsciously racist or just woefully incompetent at their jobs, whatever that, whatever the deal is, right? That my affinity 
for law enforcement and for the armed services gets me even angrier when there are bad apples that sort of sully their name. And so that's my thought there. The last thing I would say is, I don't know how many of you guys remember the conversation I had with Ryan Harris, former offensive tackle for like the Broncos and the Steelers, et cetera. Uh, I highly encourage you to Google that or go wherever and go back and listen to that one where he talked about the fear he's had, he has when he gets pulled over, the number of times he's been pulled over. I thought that was really enlightening and really informative. After the Flores statement, it seems like pretty much every other team issued a statement as well, plus calls for Colin Kaepernick to be signed have escalated. So I guess I kind of addressed all the other statements that are being put out there. Um, Yeah, I mean, I already talked about that. As for Colin Kaepernick, you know, the, the thing about that is, let's just say a team signed Colin Kaepernick. I personally believe that the NFL would still face a, a tremendous amount of criticism for that. Oh, now you sign him. Oh, we see what you're doing. Oh, okay. Now, like, you know, I think sometimes, and you could argue that the NFL and the teams not signing him earlier put themselves in this position or whatever, right? We, we, we've, we've, uh, talked about the Colin Kaepernick issue over and over again, including most recently when he didn't really go through with the NFL's um, protocol for him with the tryout. And obviously there are different viewpoints on that and et cetera. But uh, I would just say, I, I don't think a team signing Colin Kaepernick is going to really cure or fix anything. And I think that the NFL would get, just as much criticism as they would praise. In player news, Ravens edge rusher Matthew Judon signs a franchise tag at midpoint of defensive end and linebacker. Right, so it's kind of a compromise. I always think that the way they even have it structured is stupid. He's an edge rusher. All edge rushers should be in the same category. There shouldn't be DNs and linebackers. You know, linebackers, outside linebackers and off-the-ball linebackers, inside linebackers, they're playing two totally different positions. Outside linebackers are playing a very similar position to defensive ends. So, anyway, I I guess that's a compromise. We'll take any compromise we can get these days, but um, it's just silly the way the NFL does it. That'll do it, by the way, for a... Monster Monday edition of the Ross Tucker football podcast. Great stuff from Albert Breer. Uh, highly encourage you. I highly encourage you, Bri, highly to listen to the college draft today with Matt Waldman. Very much looking forward to going over the AFC South. So if you are a fan of the Texans, Jags, Colts, and who am I missing? Titans. You absolutely have to listen to that. Shout outs go to Pizza Boy Brewing, NFLCliches.com, and DynastyFreaks.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. 
Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.